Hello and welcome to the October 13th edition of the Delta Foreign Affairs newsletter. I'm Nick Lockery, the host of the On the Rise podcast with the Anero Institute. In this edition, the World Health Organization endorses the world's first vaccine against malaria. Abdul Razak Gunra, a Tanzanian novelist, is awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. The United States holds a face-to-face meeting with the Taliban. The EU faces a crisis over a Polish court ruling, and the UN fears an imminent attack in Myanmar after the army buildup. First, we'll turn to the Americas and starting with the US and Canada. US meeting with Afghanistan. This past week, the United States held a face to face meeting with the new Taliban government in Afghanistan, the first since the group took power just a few months ago. Among the topics discussed were humanitarian issues in the country the travel of remaining American citizens and the other foreigners out of the country and getting them out of the country and the American offer of humanitarian aid to those living there. Indigenous Peoples Day. The first presidential proclamation of Indigenous Peoples Day was announced by President Joe Biden and celebrated this past Monday. The proclamation states that on this day, we honor America's first inhabitant and the tribal nations that continue to thrive today. Many in DC also took Monday as an opportunity to protest issues that affect Native Americans, including the responses to COVID and climate change. The Department of Labor report. On Tuesday, the Department of Labor released the Job Opening and Labor Turnover Survey. It revealed that approximately 4.3 million Americans, or 2.9% of all employed workers, quit their jobs in August, the highest rate recorded. The high rate is attributed to fears of the Delta variant and is another sign that the job market is struggling to regain pre-COVID numbers. U.S. deployment in Taiwan. Last Thursday, a Wall Street Journal article revealed that a small group of U.S. Special Operations Forces and Marines have been working in Taiwan for at least a year. There, they have been working on, a, on training ground forces amid heightened tensions with China. Two members of congressional national security committees have said they were not informed about this deployment. Abbott and the no vaccine mandate. On Monday, Texas Governor Greg Abbott released an executive order banning COVID-19 vaccine mandates in the state. The order extends a previous restriction on government agencies and now prohibits private businesses from requiring that their employees be vaccinated. The executive order is likely in response to President Biden's federal requirement that businesses with 100 and more employees mandate vaccines for their workers. Next, we'll go to the Latin America and Caribbean section. In Guatemala this Saturday, Guatemalan police officers opened a shipping container to find 126 abandoned migrants in need of rescue. The finding came after nearby locals to the areas Nueva Concepcion and Cosiales reported hearing loud screaming noises. Most of the migrants were traveling from Haiti in an attempt to reach the United States. They were returned to the Honduras borders. The police assumed they were abandoned by their smugglers. In Brazil last Friday, Facebook announced its decision to work against the illegal sales of the Amazon rainforest that had been promoted and sold using its platform. The announcement was consequential to an investigation by the BBC News Network, which revealed that Facebook's marketplace was being used to sell land in unsustainable and unethical ways, such as selling protected and indigenous lands for profit. Also in Brazil, its COVID-19 fatality rate has reached to a sum of over 600,000 deaths 
the second highest rate in the world. This has brought greater scrutiny to its far-right president, Jair Bolsonaro, and his negligence towards the outbreak. The president has largely downplayed the effects of the virus, which had left the country severely underprepared in vaccines, PPE resources, and staff. While he was on a trip to the United Nations in New York, his wife was vaccinated, although he was not vaccinated. In Chile, impeachment proceedings against the president of Chile, Sebastian Pinera, have begun. This comes as a result of the leaked documents, Pandora Papers. The Pandora Papers revealed that the president had been involved in the sales of mines from the country's protected reserves to a company co-owned by his family. Congressman Hirsch has accused him of corruption, declaring that the president had acted for his own personal profit. And turning now towards Asia, we will begin with Taiwan. According to a party representative, Taiwan's KMT party is ready to engage in dialogue with US authorities. Showing a slight shift from the party's Beijing-friendly history, the party hopes to set up an office in Washington to communicate policy agendas and positions. This comes as the US reassured its rock-solid commitment to Taipei when US National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan briefed Taipei on his meeting with a Chinese official earlier this month. In China, the Chinese government is responding to several economic crises. On Tuesday, the government announced that it will liberalize coal power pricing to combat the current energy crisis as mines face record levels of flooding. Meanwhile, Evergrande's failure to make payments on dollar-denominated bonds have spurred fears of a debt crisis in the real estate sector. Other firms have be already begun to default on payments. In Myanmar, violence continues in the region as the opposition wages a campaign of bombings, assassinations, and infrastructure destruction. Resistant groups, resistance groups in the Sagang region of the country claim that the junta forces are using local civilians as human shields to dissuade attacks. On Friday, the UN Human Rights Office expressed concerns that the junta was building up heavily, rather heavy weapons and shutting down internet services in anticipation of large-scale attacks on opponents. In Malaysia, the Malaysian Minister of Defense hopes to reach a consensus among Southeast Asian nations on the rapidly developing Indo-Pacific security framework. Southeast Asia, rather Southeast Asian nations are currently divided on their relationship to China, Australia, the United States, and the UK. The new AUK-US alliance will see Australia acquire nuclear-powered submarine technology. The minister hopes ASEAN nations can produce a shared response to AUK-US at next month's ASEAN meeting. In North Korea, its leader, Kim Jong-un, urged officials to focus on improving the living conditions of citizens in the face of a grim economic situation. In a speech marking the 76th anniversary of the founding of the Workers' Party, where celebrations were scaled down, UN experts and analysts report that the food situation remains perilous. In India, several states in the nation have warned their citizens of scheduled power cuts due to electricity shortages. This is due to critically low supplies of coal, with nearly 80% of the country's coal-fired power plants were in the critical or supercritical stage. Some states have cut power for up to 14 hours. Blame has been pointed to the publicly run India Coal LTB company, but also to Modi's government for lack of regulation. Finally, South Korea, in that country, the Korean president Moon Jae-in was criticized by the opposition for allegedly giving investigation guidelines for a growing corruption scandal linked to the ruling Democratic Party's presidential candidate. Their corruption scandal is tied to the possibly illicit land development project in the Dejang region of Seongnam Gyeogi province.
and onto Europe and Eurasia. First, Poland's court ruling challenges EU law. Poland's highest court ruled on Thursday that some parts of EU treaties are incompatible with the Polish constitution, asserting the supremacy of its national constitution over European Union law, thereby challenging a key pillar of European integration. The move sparked dispute across the bloc as well as widespread protests in Poland. Some 100,000 people gathered in Warsaw, in addition to rallies held in about 100 towns and cities amid fears that Poland could eventually leave the Union. Polish Foreign Minister Zbigniew Rao continued to play down the impact of the ruling in a series of tweets on Monday. Rao maintained that the EU had overstepped its bounds. In Russia, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization expelled eight members of the Russian delegation to the alliance last Wednesday, as they were found to be undeclared Russian intelligence officers, the latest deterioration in East-West ties reminiscent of the Cold War. NATO also reduced the number of positions that Russia can accredit people for at the organization. No immediate explanation was given for the decision, which will take effect at the end of the month. Turning to the European Union, on Tuesday the 24th, additional, rather 24 additional countries signed onto the US and EU-led Global Methane Pledge to reduce methane emissions by 30% by the end of the decade. US and EU negotiators are pushing for more countries to join the pledge ahead of next month's UN Climate Summit. The world's top four methane emitters, Brazil, China, India, and Russia, have yet to get on board. Now, in regards to the International Monetary Fund, the IMF's executive board is split over calls for managing director Kristalina Georgieva to step down amid allegations of having applied undue pressure on bank staff to boost China's ranking in the IMF's Doing Business Review. Japan and the United States are seeking Georgieva's removal while China, France, Germany, Italy, Russia, and the United Kingdom support her. In Austria, former Foreign Minister Alexander Schallenberg was sworn in as Austria's new chancellor on Monday after Sebastian Kurz stepped down from the position after prosecutors began to investigate him and close team members over claims that government money was used between 2016 and 2018 to ensure positive media coverage. This government crisis is over, said Van der Belen, Austria's president. Finally, we'll turn toward Sub-Saharan Africa, the world's first malaria vaccine endorsed by the WHO. The World Health Organization endorsed the first malaria vaccine for distribution across Africa. 94% of cases and nearly all deaths from malaria come from Africa. And if the vaccine were rolled out to countries affected the most by malaria, models suggest 23,000 less children under five will die each year. The results from trials showed the vaccine led to a 30% reduction in severe malaria, and it is expected to be cost-effective to distribute. This is a historic moment. The long-awaited malaria vaccine for children is a breakthrough for science, child health, and malaria control, said WHO Director General Dr. Tedros Adhanmo Ghebreyesus. In Tanzania, Tanzanian Abdul Razak Gurna was awarded the Nobel Peace Nobel Prize in Literature. He is the first African to win the award since 1986 and the first black writer to receive the prize since Toni Morrison in 1993. He writes about the effects of colonization and colonialism and refugees, particularly in East Africa. The prize is worth 10 million Swedish crowns or $1.14 million. In Nigeria, gunmen raided a Nigerian market in Sokoto, killing 20 and setting nine vehicles on fire. Parts of Sokoto are under telecommunications blockade 
to disrupt the communications of armed gangs. Hussein Boza, a member of the local parliament, blamed the attack on a lack of adequate security in the state. Now on the African continent in general, Moderna announced plans to build a vaccine manufacturing facility in Africa in order to help increase access to drugs in the continent. However, Moderna gave no time frame and hasn't identified the country which will host the plant. Moderna plans to invest $500 million into the site and intends for it to produce COVID-19 vaccines, but it will not address the, country, rather the continent's immediate needs for higher distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. In Tunisia, thousands of demonstrators rallied in Tunis, Tunisia, to protest the president's consolidation of power. He dismissed the previous prime minister before naming Najla Boudin Romhadan two months later, but stripped her of many powers. President Saeed claimed his actions were to save the country from crisis, but political opponents see them as a return to autocracy. Ethiopia. In the, in the state, Ethiopian army launched a full offensive against the Tigrayan rebels last week in an attempt to take the region back and end the war. The Ethiopian prime minister's spokeswoman said the government had a responsibility to protect its citizens across the country after she was asked to confirm the ground offensive. The offensive shatters a ceasefire, Ethiopia's government declared in June. Well, that'll do it for this week's reading of the Delta Foreign Affairs newsletter. As always, if you'd like to contribute to the Delta or to anything and all Onero, please visit our Onero Institute website and reach out to our contributors. As always, the news is always changing and in flux. So some of the events, dates, and statistics may have changed by the time you are listening to this recording. So we encourage you to subscribe to the Delta Foreign Affairs newsletter for weekly newsletters in your inbox and they will be up-to-date news and you will hear from our best contributors. Finally, I'd like to thank all of us who have been involved in the producing of the Delta. And those are all our regional contributors, beginning with uh, Annalise Baringa, the US-Canada contributor, Devin Desai, Sub-Saharan Africa contributor, Zinnia Dereri, Latin America and Caribbean contributor, Josh Pope, our Asian correspondent, Ivana Lefebvre d'Argence, editor-at-large, as well as the Europe and Eurasia contributor, and finally, Alad Raymond, contributor and founder of the executive and founder of the Onero Institute. All of your hard work is greatly appreciated by us at the Onero Institute, and we hope you appreciated this week's edition of the Delta. Finally, I'm Nick Lockery, and from all of us at the Onero Institute, whenever you're on the go, make sure you listen to On the Rise.